Welcome to New Jersey Tech Meetup, the podcast. Each episode, we bring you a huge amount of value from past keynotes at our events, fireside chats, and much, much more. Tune in to hear from entrepreneurs such as Gary Vaynerchuk, James Altucher, and your host, Aaron Price. We hope you enjoyed today's episode, and we can't wait to share more episodes with you in the future. We're here with Greg Vessner, uh, formerly of Restricted Stock Systems, a company that he founded and, and sold, and now the CFO of Second Market. We want to talk about entrepreneurship. Uh, what do you think are the defining qualities of an entrepreneur? Well, it's funny. We'll be talking about that uh, during our, sp- our, our meeting tonight. Uh, but I think uh, the, the qualities are very hard to define because I think everyone uh, becomes obsessed with an idea for, for different reasons. Uh, for me, what's very exciting about entrepreneurship is is building something from nothing, uh, taking an idea. People, many people have many ideas, but actually building, uh, finding uh, the capital, people that believe in the idea, uh, finding employees, people that will help build a company, and then finding clients that will actually license or buy your product. Uh, to me, there's nothing more thrilling. Uh, and then, of course, the byproduct of that is you know, creating careers and, and helping to support families and, and build communities. It really, uh, it really all ties together. It's, it's very exciting. Do you, know, do, you, do you remember the time when you decided you wanted to be in business for yourself? I do. When, I when do. was it's that? A, it's a funny question. No one's asked me that in an interview before. But I was riding my bicycle on the boardwalk in Atlantic City, where I grew up. And every weekend I'd be riding on the on the boardwalk with my father. I was probably about nine years old. And I'd ride by a, a man, his name was Neil, uh, Neil the Balloon King. And Neil would stand outside of the piers with a money belt and balloons, big beautiful balloons, and he would take out a, a lot of dollars and be giving people change. And every, every Sunday I'd ride by and I'd see Neil the Balloon King with all this money in his little business and, and these bright balloons. And I said, wow, someday I'm going to be like Neil the Balloon King. <laughs> and I really, I, I started selling uh, potato chips and pretzels on the beach and carrying my own money belt. And, and that was really the beginning. That was my lemonade, At uh, what lemonade was stand story. Uh, when I was 12, I started selling things on the beach. And so that was my little lemonade stand living by the beach. So anyway, that's my wow. my memory of wanting to be an entrepreneur. That's great. Yeah. Can I you... don't know where Neil is now. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever tell Neil that he was your inspiration? Uh, no, I you know, yeah. many years went by, and I realized that that was the first inspiration. Wow. Um, can you share an experience or two when you were uh, up against something uh, very difficult, a potential, a very problematic uh, circumstance for your business, or, or even could have been a, an effect on you personally from, from running a business um, and how you overcame some of those problems, or if you didn't, what you learned from the right. experience? Wow, these are great questions, and we actually didn't even practice this. <laughs> um, so when I started Restricted Stock Systems, we were funded uh, in September of 2000. Uh, we had our first client a few months later, and we were scheduled to go live uh, on September 14th, 2001. Um, and of course, we were running low on money, we were about to deliver our first product, and of course, three days before September 14th was September 11th, 2011. Uh, our servers were located at uh, Seven World Trade Center uh, and the Deutsche Bank build, building across the street. And you know, it was hard. You know, I recognized that we may, the company may never survive 
that um, devastating day. But it was hard to, uh, you said something affected me personally, it was hard to be upset about a business failing when the world was so dark that day. So that was a really trying personally time, trying personally and professionally. Um, but the skies cleared and New York rebuilt and my company survived and we flourished. So uh, that was probably the most challenging um, single day uh, in my entrepreneurial experience. Did you think that that meant the end of the company? I thought we were probably 50-50. And we were fu you were funded at this point? We were funded, but we were a year into our financing. We probably had six months of additional capital, but this was our first client. You know, this was, you build upon each brick, and that first brick felt pretty broken. Sure. So we survived, and fortunately we were very frugal and, and, and made sure we had enough capital to survive. We uh, ended up delivering to, to that first client uh, about six months later. Um, and uh, as I said, New York rebounded and my little company did as well. So without naming names, can you explain a, the, your worst hire? I think the worst hire and, and the hardest, the most difficult hire are, are one and the same. Um, and I think many entrepreneurs have the same challenge. You know, As an entrepreneur, very often you are your best salesperson. And you have a small company and you're the only person selling. Um, so hiring that first salesperson that will kind of take the baton is incredibly challenging. Uh, it took me three times to get that right. Uh, I don't know if it was me not handing the baton off well or not having the right person to hand it to, uh, or something in between, but it's very, very challenging. So let's uh, talk just a little bit briefly about having gone through that three times. Do you have any advice to, for people on, especially just sales in general, because it is so crucial to most uh, startups, whatever their, their product or service that they're selling, um, techniques of hiring and maybe firing too along the way? Well, if I would have gotten right the first time, I think I'd be better suited <laughs> to give, give advice on this topic. Uh, you know, it's, I think, like any hire, it's, it has to be, a, the person has to have the right skill set, and especially in sales where it's such a tacit skill. Um, but I think culturally, if the person doesn't fit culturally, they're never going to fit into the role. Uh, and my mistake for the first two hires, um, neither of the two professionals fit in culturally. They both had the right background, but it's incredibly hard work uh, and dedication start trying to sell a product that isn't quite done or you don't have a track record yet, you don't have clients, you have limited resources to deliver, uh, it's very, very challenging. So the person has to have the right skill set, they have to have the right motivation, and they have to um, fit in culturally. So, and every situation is different. Sure. Yeah. And once you do get that right, it's incredibly powerful. So lastly, um, do you have any advice for, because so many startups fail, and I, I only talk about failure because I think there's so much wisdom in failure, um, that if you can learn from those experiences, then you can right. save yourself quite a bit of time and agony. Uh, do you have any, any advice for people on way, you know, ways to avoid certain pitfalls? And on the positive side, any advice in general uh, right. for early stage entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs in general? Well, I think about this a lot because there are so many times over the seven years that I was growing my business until we sold it, uh, there were so many inflection points where the business um, could have gone the wrong way. Uh, and I don't, and, and fortunately we made some good decisions along the way to, to 
to succeed. Um, but a lot of it is um, is luck. I mean, I, I hate to say that, you know, the best laid plans uh, quote, but it was, uh, there could have been many forks in the road that we took the wrong path and hit a brick wall. Um, so uh, so I, I can't say that here's a formula and it will work. Um, you just have to keep plugging along and we got knocked down a lot and you just have to get back up. Uh, we were you know, down to our last dollars for payroll a few times. We were uh, down to uh, um, you know, down uh, delivering a product that, that uh, wasn't quite right. Um, we were, uh, you, you win a client one week and you lose two clients the next week. So we've been there uh, in my experience. So there's no winning formula, um, but the difference between succeeding and failing um, isn't a formula. It's, um, I guess, uh, an obsession, which I'll talk about tonight, which just keeping at it because there's no other way to succeed other than to keep steamrolling along. Um, so I don't think I have a, a better answer than that. It's uh, there's no. And there was a happy ending, right? Well, for my case, we were very fortunate. You know, our investors uh, made money, our employees made money, uh, and I made money. And again, I didn't do it uh, for the money necessarily. Um, but when you have investors and shareholders, you do have a responsibility. Um, they are their goal is to uh, is to have a return on their investment. Um, so. Uh, and we built a product. We had hundreds of clients. We, uh, the product is still used today. So in, in all measurements, uh, it was, for, and, and many of us ended up launching terrific careers, some entrepreneurial and some professional, uh, in more corporate roles. Uh, so, uh, so yes, it was, it was successful, I guess, by all measures. Great. Well, thanks for sitting down with us. Yeah, thank you for putting me. We hope you enjoyed the episode today. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss out on our future episodes. From the team at New Jersey Tech Meetup, we hope you're having a great day, and we look forward to spending more time with you in the future. 